In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Welcome back again to Not Another True Crime Podcast. I'm Sarah Levine. And I'm Danny Murphy. And happy 2023. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> I feel I like. I hope. Wow, well, yeah. It's like we get to be like sending them. We should send a message to like our future <laughs> selves because we're recording Ooh. this in advance. Like, I hope, you're, hope, hope <laughs> your, your resolutions are off to an ag- amazing start. Love that. Yeah. Uh, probably not. I hope Do you, you have any are- resolutions. I have like 98. Will I do any of them? I want to cook more. I want to read more. I want to watch more movies. I want to do things on my to-do list. Yeah. The movies one I have faith in you for. Right? The cooking? Not so much. I got a new cookbook I like. But I don't really know if that will help. Because I I just, it's just, it's not fun cooking. Cooking doesn't bring me the joy that it brings other people. I've, I've learned. I, I'm with you because I like, I resent how much effort goes into it. Mm -hmm. And also the cleanup. And it does taste good, but at what cost? And that's and also because I'll take a bite. I'm like, this took me 40 minutes. Like what? I'm like, well, I could have just ordered it. I could have just made. I could have had a professional make this for me. Yes, I do like the the meal kits though because they peel oh. the garlic for you sometimes, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay, that's, that's what nice. I need. And this one, <laughs> it's the perfect amount of like, I kind of cooked, but I didn't have to do all the work. That is true. Maybe I will get one of those again this year because I do like those. Do you have any resolutions? Do I have any resolutions? I feel like I have them and I forgot. Like I don't know. That's fair. Just yeah. maybe, maybe keep a budget. Oh, God. I'm good. Let me let me add that to my fucking list because I gotta I, I gotta learn how to do that. Well, also it's hard during the holidays when you like get gifts for everybody and for yourself, and I'm just kind of like, fuck, what happened? Because I I literally looked at my credit card statement last week and I was like, oh fuck, I'm getting scammed. I'm getting frauded, and I was like. It is. It is I. It's oh, me. Hi, yeah. I'm the problem. It's me. Yeah. Oh no. I mean, yeah. I can set a budget, but then when I go over it, I oh. I'm never like, okay, so now you have to stop spending money, and then I'm just like, nah, it's fine. I'm always like, okay, I'll get them next. I'll get them next cycle. Exactly. <laughs> uh. Well. Eek. Eek. Eek isn't right, but also, if you are listening to this, I hope you listened to last week's episode. Not because we're needy. Well, I mean, we are needy, but also it will really help you understand this week's episode because it's part two of the fake Rockefeller Chris that we are unpacking. If you forgot, Spark Notes, American Dream, Germany, to Connecticut, to Milwaukee, to San Marino. And that's where we left off with Sarah telling us that he low-key committed a murder and then was got in a pickup truck heading to where we will tell you now. Yes. So, okay, so he starts, let's, let's do a quick overview of the names. He starts, oh, he's yeah. born, West Germany, Christian Gerhardt's writer. There we go. And then he, he becomes uh, Chris Gerhardt in Milwaukee. And then he goes to San Marino, which is like a suburb of LA, where he becomes Chris Chichester. Chester. I keep fucking that up. There's I also don't know H. if I'm saying it the right way. So I don't know if okay. any of us are. We probably both are fucking it up. <laughs> Whatever. Who cares? It's a fake name anyway. It doesn't matter. True. True. <laughs> Wait, that makes it's me feel like better. It's like Hanukkah. Okay, yeah. It's like you could spell it any way you want, you know? <laughs> but with this, we can just pronounce it however we want because who cares? <laughs> okay. So then in, in while he's living in San Marino, the son and daughter-in-law of the woman that he's living with rent-free go missing um Mm -hmm. and so at this point he took their car sorry their truck he took their truck and he ends up in greenwich connecticut in 1988 um and this time he's going by christopher crow and he'd unsuccessfully tried to sell the truck Mm. but i don't know why that didn't work but i don't know probably because the truck had like it drove cross country it probably has so many miles yeah um and so Christopher Crowe is is back in Connecticut, up to his old tricks, hanging at private clubs with older women. And 
he got a job as literally just like a computer guy. <laughs> That's like, I literally tried to, I, I went to like five different like articles besides the Vanity Fair and NPR to be like, what job is this? And they said computer person. <laughs> yeah. I, but honestly, shouts out to the late 80s where you could just be like, I am the computer person. <laughs> and they're like, sure, go type or something. Yeah, like, we will give know. you all of the money. Yeah. So um, he ended up as the designated computer person at Ventura Capital. Venture oh, wait, no, capital? it's a venture capital place. I typed oh, Ventura venture because capital. that's how okay. dumb I am. That's fine. And Danny also wrote Capitalist, which, you know what, is true. <laughs> wait. Subco- okay, look at that. Freudian Freudian commentary. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yes. At a venture capital place, which also, like, begs the question, and I wish they'd gone into this more, but, like, he was just faking his resume, right? Like, he never graduated from college. No. And also, did he say he got, like, a bachelor's from... Milwaukee and then like an MFA at did. USA. Yeah. Yeah, because he never graduated from Milwaukee. No, he got married and dipped. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when he got hired, he mainly just talked to people about himself <laughs> and like Alfred Hitchcock movies. Which like we actually all know a guy in an office who's like that. Yes. And you probably have a crush on them. Because he would say, like, oh, I, I directed a couple of Hitchcock remakes and like there was a director, Christopher Crow, who did direct these Hitchcock remakes, and I think one of them was pretty well known, but it was just not him. <laughs> Therein lies that issue. Which is a decent scam. I also feel like if someone if someone was like, oh, yeah, I did, I was a director with Alfred Hitchcock, I'm like, okay, why are you our computer person in Connecticut for a venture at Capitalist Place? I mean, literally that. <laughs> it would just be like, shouldn't you be in LA making movies? You yeah, know? like, also like, wait, so you don't have the skills for this job because you don't, you don't do computers, you do, you do cameras. Yeah. Or the typewriter. I don't even know. And this is actually like the wild, probably one of the more wild parts of this whole story because. You do um, not expect this to happen. No. So the job ended abruptly when somebody checked his background through. Finally. (laughs) I know. Finally. Through the social security number he wrote on his application. And this is the wildest part. It came back actually as the social security number. Of David Berkowitz, yes, that David Berkowitz, the son of Sam S-O-S. Killer. <laughs> like, truly, I want to know how he found that SSN to write and how they looked it up and, like, every step for that. Me too. I'm like, was it just the craziest coincidence ever? That's or I, I kind of think he, like, did that on purpose as, like, a little Easter egg? I mean... He's like Taylor Swifting this. He's like, here's an Easter egg, fans. Exactly. Like, Who are you? For the real fans. Yeah. That's just so nuts. So he obviously got fired, but then he got a new job on Wall Street making 150000 a year. Like, fuck. And this was like back in the 80s. I mean, that's so much I, I would take that now. I would now. want to make that now. Yeah. The Please. Fuck? But then I'm like, back then, I feel like there's even so much more. I was like, oh my God, I need to do, I need to be a computer person in the 80s. If anything, I think this job has made me be like, should I go into like venture capital slash finance? Do I know. I know what these words mean? No, but like, this can guy I swing didn't it either. until I get fired and get like a severance package? Because I feel their like severance package is a lot of money. Right. And I also feel like if you manage to scam your way in, you can they're stay not going to like prosecute you because they don't want it to come out that they got scammed by some fucking idiot like me. <laughs> That's true. And the scam is just being bad at our job there, which isn't a scam. It's more so just a flex. Of, yeah, we got in. I don't know these numbers. Right? Okay. The NASDAQ, so the Nesquik. That. Yeah. <laughs> That's my New Year's resolution. <laughs> <laughs> Scam into venture capitalism. Scam my way into like McKinsey. Um, <laughs> yeah. So he was, okay, this was because he was playing up his like rich guy persona and he was hired by a now deceased ex Goldman Sachs executive who uh, one of his fellow uh, coworkers said was taken by people who seemed to be blue-blooded and wasn't the kind of guy who would necessarily check references. So I feel it probably was over like a martini lunch he got the job. A hundred percent. At the club. At mm-hmm. the club. This is where, see, this is, this. I mean, and at that point, I'm like, is that scamming or is that just networking? You know what? There is some merit to that. He wasn't, he, the, he, he, he did a lot of bad. I mean, he did kill two people. But, but there's there some things where it's like this, I'm like, people do this every day. Yeah. You just got to work your way. And also a lot of the references we put on resumes, I'm like, please don't check them. I also don't know if anyone ever calls them. 
no you're like that's just my friend like oh i have mm-hmm, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. that's my friend i helped her with her instagram caption one time and so therefore <laughs> i was her social media assistant for three years <laughs> i am the caroline calloway <laughs> oh my god yes um obviously the staff knew that he had no idea what he was doing like immediately um he was apparently a sales director and had never like sold anything just, anything which is, which of, i forgot kind of, what they were selling but he'd never sold it before and they were like what the fuck you kind of need to do that to be a salesperson to get them yeah. sales yeah so also at this time connecticut state troopers were searching for him because they tracked the paperwork from john's missing truck and he might have been tipped off i they think because he quit his job shortly after he started mm. um and claimed that his parents were missing in afghanistan and he had to just go rush hmm. up which is like what <laughs> I I also just imagine him being like, oh guys, I have to. I just got a call from the from from the embassy. I have to go. Everyone's like, what's happening? This is like an example of like too many details in your lie. Like you don't need to. You don't even need to request PTO with this much detail. Mm-hmm. And he lies a lot about his parents. We'll get into more of that. Too. Yes, yeah, but like you don't need to quit a job with this weird excuse about your family in Afghanistan. You could just say it's not working out. I got a better job. Like. What are you talking about? Bro. <laughs> so then he's off. Off to a new place. Yeah. So <laughs> where do you go when you're surrounded all around you? Up to the top of the rock. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> to the richest family ever, the Rockefellers. Now, I feel like, I mean, like, also, I feel everybody knows this, but it just goes without saying, like, 30 Rock, it is named after the Rockefellers. They are, like, the, like... It's like them and the Vanderbilts, I feel like. Rockefeller are, Center. Yeah. Like, it's they, 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 it's a, a bold place to claim you are from. But uh, he, as Taylor Swift says, welcome to New York. It's been waiting for you. He moved <laughs> himself to New York. Got himself an apartment, 400 East 57th Street. Because um, he was apparently done with Connecticut. I think the feeling was mutual. <laughs> <laughs> and this is also where it gets into layer. He told his friends he never... Wanted to go back to Connecticut because his parents were killed there. Eh? He would throw. He cl- t- didn't he claim his mom was like a famous actress? We get into that. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. No. Yeah. 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 Uh, he would throw tantrums if they ever had to drive through the state. Like truly, baby. Like, like, calm down. Like he would like do what you do when you pass a graveyard and like hold his breath and like cover his eyes. Exactly. Uh, also, what confuses me, I'm like, how did he get, like, road trip level friends from after all these scams? Like, he just moved to New York. Like, I'm like, that's real. He had close friends. Yeah, people liked him. Um, he, So, he also, like, he would kind of, like, be like, if they ever, like, were, like, near um, the Connecticut border or anything like that, had to pass through, he would put on his sunglasses and, like, up his, like, hood a little bit to, like, be very, very sneaky. He's like, if Connecticut can't see me, I can't see them. <laughs> like. <Connecticut. laughs> Um, so he began to be known in Manhattan in late 92, 93, proudly displaying two of the credentials of being rich, people said. A fancy dog, which was a Gordon Satter named Yates. Very rich. Cute. Uh, like, and also because it's like, I feel that is a great way to make friends where you're just like, oh my God, can I pet your dog? Hello, I'm a Rockefeller. And also a major collection of modern art. If someone mm-hmm. collects art, I'm assuming you need to be at minimum a multimillionaire. He also told people that he was from, see, this is, I don't know this, the Percy Rockefeller branch, which is apparently like rich Rockefeller, but not rich, rich. Okay, that's smart, because you can't claim to be like a descendant of the main. Exactly. What, John D. Rockefeller? You can't, everybody probably, except us, knows. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But that's why you claim to be like an offshoot of like the like eccentric uncle. Yeah, that's like if you're like, like you'd be like, okay, you're not Kim Kardashian's cousin, but oh, you're related to Brody Jenner? I'll take that. Oh, well. Yes, exactly. You can't go for the main hub. No. He would like walk around with a radio, um, like thing that he claimed was connected to a security office for his safety. That is so weird. So the man just had a Walkman, I guess. (laughs) Just a walkie talkie. Yeah. And he apparently told people his work and his goal and mission in life was to solve third world debt in the Pacific Rim. Okay. <laughs> he also said that he, like, obviously didn't make a salary doing this, because you can't, if this is your quote-unquote job, 
Exactly. He was like, oh my God, I would not want to make money. He was like, all the money goes right. No, 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 no. Right. Uh, And shout out to Martha Henry, his art dealer neighbor who like talked so much shit about him to Vanity Fair. And that's how we got a lot of this tea about this (laughs) part of his life. Um, he, so when he moved in next to her, they started like becoming friendly. She was an art dealer. He wanted art. You know, something that, uh, he never, oh, he told her his parents died when he was 16 before he went to Harvard, new place that he went to, and that he never ate in restaurants because you can't trust the kitchen. You know, this is also, now that I'm thinking of it, probably his cover because he has no money. So he used to always eat for free. So he wouldn't go to a restaurant. Yep. To, so this is kind of, I mean, if anybody watches those like TikTok, what I eat in a day is I like oh. get obsessed with them, even though they're so stupid and like fake, um, either fake or very concerning. Uh, his diet consisted mainly of cucumber, cucumber, Ilaria Baldwin two years ago, uh, and water crusty <laughs> sandwiches only on Pepperidge farm bread with the crust removed. Boo. And right. I'm like, you can't eat crust. And Pepperidge farm cookies, preferably the Nantucket variety, rich. That um, his favorite food also was haggis, which is like a Scottish dish. I think it's like of like intestines or something. I actually don't know. Yes. Yeah. And his drink of choice was Harvey's Bristol Cream Sherry. It's all so many repulsive things. This is gross. I mean, I will say Pepperidge Farm, though, they know what they're doing with their cookies. They fuck uh, up. Oh, you just posted. Wait, wait, didn't you have some? Yes, I, I had these like they make uh, seasonal varieties of their Milanos. And let me just tell you right oh. now, the pumpkin spice one is not good, but they okay. have a peppermint one, and it's basically half a Milano, so like just one half of the sandwich with like a almost like a peppermint bark on top. Like it's very good. Wait, I kind of like that more because it's less like the cookie. Exactly. Cookie, yeah. Yes, the cookie to chocolate ratio is perfect, so it's very good. Oh, and that like dipped in coffee or something. Yes, <sighs> it's so good. Um, I also read in another article that he only ate like white foods. And I'm like, so you're okay, eating at all these fancy clubs to eat like shitty food? Like this is so. Well, I also feel like golf clubs in Connecticut. I'm assuming most of the food is like egg salad, so that doesn't make sense. <laughs> I don't okay, think they're really. Okay, I see there. <laughs> I don't really think they're being adventurous in their in their in their in their menus. Correct uh, me if I'm wrong. If you go to a club in Connecticut, hey, invite us so we can look at the buffet ourselves. Actually, true. <laughs> I'll take a train up for that. That evens out. A train ticket for free food? I'm down. I think you're right. Um, He said he had a lot of major art that was worth like multiple, multiple millions. And Martha believed this for a while because a Rockefeller recently died that year. And she assumed all of the art and et cetera came from the deceased Rockefeller's estate. Yes. So then he moves on and... He's by the way, at this time, he's still going to like high profile churches, which I didn't realize were a thing. Um, I didn't either. Yeah, I guess Hillsong is real, but or I guess also like the churches where rich people go, which I don't know those, but maybe exactly, exactly. Like, so that's where he's going. He's chatting up people, he's getting the free buffet. They probably have even better wafers there. Who knows? Oh, that's like their thing. (laughs) So at a new chapel, he's introduced to, um, Julia Boss, who has, I don't think that was her last name anymore, but oh, yeah, he meets her twin sister, Sandra. And Sandra was kind of on her reinvention journey. They grew up upper middle class, but she wanted to be rich. Shut and uh, she and her sister were very competitive, which I found like so fucking strange reading. Yeah, where they would be like, like they would like fight for even like when they were in college of class. I was like, guys, what's going on here? Yeah, it was so weird. They would like compete for stuff as kids, compete to do better at school. Julia got married first, so of course Sandra was like not good. No, she was unwell. She was she was deeply unsoothed by that. And she was charmed by this Clark Rockefeller guy, and they married at the Quaker Meeting House on Nantucket, which of course it's truly. I was like, uh, I, I can picture it. Without even Googling it. <laughs> Literally. Um, so they got married near uh, near a house where they were living on one kite lane, which mm-hmm. seems like a fake address. Very, and, very, very interesting. Okay, so Clark said that his mom was the child star Ann Carter, who was known for starring opposite Humphrey Bogart in The Two Mrs. Carols, which is a 1947 film noir. And also... Uh, he claimed that she and his dad had both died in a car crash, 
which um, some thought was a clear reference to the December 1979 car crash in Darien, Connecticut, that killed Avery Rockefeller Jr., who was a descendant of John D. So now we're at the wrong side of the branch. <laughs> Literally. So it's a thing. It's like there's like truths and all the lies, but lies and all the lies. Yeah. However, other Rockefellers, uh, he said, were supposed to attend the marriage, but then apparently, of course, a last minute problem arose and he had to disinvite them. Of course. He's like, family, am I right? Of course. <laughs> and you know, this family was so excited that like, they were like, Rockefeller's going to be at this wedding. Yeah. But. They weren't. So apparently, like, they chose to get married at this Quaker house because they're just very, like, lackadaisical on legal documents. Quaker sell your oats. Yeah, they're just like, do you. Do what you want to yes. get to. <laughs> <laughs> so Sander had signed all the marriage documents and basically gave them to Clark to, like, I don't know, file or take care of it. And he never did that. Clark's lawyer said they never had a license. He doesn't even think they even had a marriage certificate who basically insists the marriage was not valid. Yeah, which is confusing. Which I'm surprised that didn't come up in the divorce. But anyway. I'm confused about that too. Maybe he put it in just so because it was on him to do. So maybe he was like, swoop. (laughs) That's true. So they get married. They're living between New York and Nantucket. Again, very chic. Literally. Like when you're too good for the Hamptons, you go to Nantucket. I know, right? Where Megan Trainor was born, I believe. Shout out, shout out. Made you look. Are we still listening to that song in 2023 when this comes out? Who knows? That is a random fact, but I do love that. <laughs> um, so he ran his business, uh-huh. in air quotes, um, where he didn't make any money because, you know, he can never take money from third world countries. Um, Sandra, though, here's the thing. Her last name is Boss. She's a boss. Like, I have to say. She's she Casey Musgrave. Making- Brad winner. Yeah. Seriously, she was making so much money. She was working at McKinsey. Like, at one point, she's making over a million dollars a year. Yeah. A year. Oh, my God. I would like to make that in my life. <laughs> <laughs> truly. Truly, um, truly madly deep. So, yeah, she's the boss. She was, she was bankrolling his whole lifestyle. Oh, yeah. But, like, some people were kind of catching on to his bullshit. Like, one friend was kind of like, this guy's not for real. But she never said anything because... They were like walking by Rockefeller Center and he pulled out just a random key and goes, I have the key to it. And the friend was like, Rockefeller Center can't just have like one like shitty house key. Like, Also, it's a multi-level building. Like, where's this key? The front door? Does it get you into anything else? Yeah. Like, come on. Uh, Very funny. So then like more friends started to question Sandra and she kind of started to grow apart from him as she got busier with work. And he was still like, you know, wailing and dealing in the New York City social scene. And in 1998, he sent out this email, which just makes me laugh. Um, It says, first, I must tell you why you've not heard from me, which is very like when influencers take a break on social media for like a day and they're like, <laughs> like, here's where I've been. It's like, okay. We, hey guys, I know we you've been really worried. curious about what's been up with me. Yeah. Exactly. Um, He says, while I'm in a meeting at the UN the Friday before Labor Day, I stared at some papers a delegate handed to me. I remembered nothing <laughs> until I woke up at a New York hospital five hours later. Okay, John Darwin. Oh, um, amnesia. The hospital discharged me shortly afterwards, and the doctors told me I suffered from severe exhaustion. In short, a burnout. The obvious cause, too many 19-hour days. During June, July, and August, I generated 1,085 billable hours, oddly specific. Right. About 400 more hours than persons in comparable working situations. On the advice of my doctor, I've decided to change my lifestyle. My plan, I'll take a sabbatical from work and go to stay at my cousin's villa in Cap Ferrat. Cap Ferrat. I also love like, I don't imagine know how to t- pronounce that, and that's how you know I'm not rich. <laughs> oh, no, exactly. It is, um, it's like in like somewhere France. Oh, it's in France? Okay. Yeah, it's in Nouvelle-Hôtel, France. Okay, so it's Ferrat. There we go. Okay, and it's yeah. famous for its lighthouse. Oh. Shout out. Okay. But, I mean, yeah, this... This whole email just is really feels like a lot of you have been asking. And it's like, was anybody asking? And it's also like when it's like, I work so fucking hard, guys. It's like, okay, everybody is. 
Yeah. And also when someone's like, oh my God, you worked over a thousand, like you worked 400 more hours than you're supposed to. That just tells me you're bad at time management. That's true. Or boundaries. That is true. Mm. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to catch me working 19 hour days for a job that doesn't pay me. So No. Sandra, maybe. Because she's making 1.5 mil. Yeah. (laughs) But Sandra left Clark in 2000 because he was becoming controlling and difficult and paranoid. Um, and he said, um, he apparently did emotionally and occasionally physically abuse her, but eventually was able to woo her back, which sucks. Uh, he just like became his old self again, you know, that charming guy. And, um, they got pregnant and then she kind of felt they needed to stay together for the baby. Mm. Um, but one day he came home to say he'd had an unpleasant altercation with a woman in Central Park while walking the dog. And soon the police came knocking. And then after that, he said he didn't want to live in Manhattan anymore and said, we're moving to New Hampshire. We're moving with your auntie and uncle to New Hampshire. <laughs> <laughs> right. I want to know what happened in that park. I know. Where's the police report? Hmm. Wait, true. I wonder if he's like, I'm a Rockefeller, bury it. Right. So they just keep on. He has been living in so many states at this point. It was kind of, kind of insane. Uh, so now they're in New Hampshire. They moved to Cornish. And H, which has only like 1,800 people. Looks cute. See, this is where, like what I was saying earlier, we're in the suburbs. You can't really hide. And that is true. Because people want to know. And also when it's like a little town, it's a quiet village. When yes. you're like, Belle, everyone, Belle can't even go to the fucking bookstore without every single person asking about her. Exactly. You and can't that hide town here. is so small that like this woman reading a book is the town gossip <laughs> the and she's an outcast. <laughs> like imagine. Poor bitch. Damn, she couldn't get away. Right? Uh, (laughs) A woman who reads. No, we can't have that. (laughs) The the audacity. Um, Not surprising to anyone, Sandra bought this home for $750,000 in Dover Ridge, a fancy estate. And I mean, also, I mean, like, she's making $1.5 a year. She can afford this with a mortgage or whatever. I mean, hell yeah. For someone who claimed to be avoiding attention, he actually seemed to, like, love it. Because cause he sort of was like a very I mean, much. A, come on, of course. Of course, he like immediately became a standout in this town, uh, be, and also it's kind of a thing like this town. It's like small, but like people rich. But it was kind of like the money talks, wealth whispers. Oh, for so sure. Everyone big, was just low big key waspy vibes. Besides our boy, who was like na 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 na, like just kind of like <laughs> with his giant car. <laughs> Um, Not with his business card? Like, was he still rocking that? Did he have to get them reprinted? I hope so. With new (laughs) names, yeah. I wonder if the crest changed. Um, Our girl Sandra went into labor May 23rd, 2001. A Taurus cusp, I think more Gemini, is that what that is? I think so. But we shout it out. To Ray Starro Mills Rockefeller with a fake last name. No, I think that she took her last name. Because he said he didn't want, like, reverse oh, discrimination. That was in the school. So I know when oh, she went okay. to school. But I wonder if what's on the birth certificate. But I know he switched it for that. Oh, But maybe wow. also on this. Yeah. Hey, but man, shouts out. If I if my last name was Rockefeller, like, through fraud, I would I would, I'd I'd probably be, just be continuing the scam. I'd be clinging on to that. I 100%. <laughs> he called her Snooks, for short. Shout out to Snooky. I love don't that. Know. I was going to say, Snooky. Let's I don't go. really get, I don't really know where Snooks comes from from that, but no. yeah. After this, he started gravitating towards, again, places of worship, uh, which was kind of his MO. And this church, the Burling family was rebuilding. He really, really hated it. He did not want uh, this church to be rebuilt. Um, and also, it was bad because, like, it was being rebuilt by, like, kind of like the, another rich family in the town, the Burling family. So it's kind of like he's rocking the boat. And one of the main reasons he not only hated that the church was being switched, the wife also was kind of like, of the Burling family, was like, you're not a rocket, like, what? Oh, yeah, the wife knew he was full of shit. I love this. It, it's, it reminds me of, like, the Fairly Odd Parents, where the dad yes. is like, Dinkelberg, because he just fucking hates this family, like, he's in a feud with them. No, it really is that. Uh, he bought the church, I'm sure it was Sandra's money, of course, for 110K, uh, and then started getting press. Like, he got interviewed in a newspaper, and also the interviewer was like, so you're a Rockefeller? And he was like, I'm not confirming or denying that. At least now he's wi- he wised up not to he put that shit up? on the record. Mm-hmm. Uh, he homeschooled his daughter until she turned five, and then Sandra was like, um, can she go to school now? Mm-hmm. 
mainly because his whole thing, he was like, um, I could get our daughter into Spence with one phone call, which is like the school that Gossip Girl was based on, Spence School for Girls in the Upper East Side. Mm-hmm. She got into a school in Boston, Southfield School for Girls. And with that, the Rockefellers jetted off to Boston, leaving the house they did not finish, the historic church well, they randomly that's bought. Thing, because he, and this makes me fucking annoyed because he just kept like fucking with the house. Like, I don't know, he kept doing all this like random construction. He was never satisfied. $750,000. Yeah, I'm sure it was perfect. And I think he just wanted to like spend Sanders' money because mm-hmm. he started doing all types of weird construction. He got off on writing checks. Yep. Uh, also, that church, I, hope it's, I don't know what it's the up to now. The church they had a fight with the town over, like, okay. Yeah, and then a lot of unanswered questions. Sandra, our girl, she bought a $2.7 million townhouse in Boston, which I would love to see the Trulia of, on Pickney <laughs> yeah. Street. Oh, my God. Which is a very rich street there. I think it's like we're like very like famous, wealthy people live Pickney Street. Yeah, I think they said John Kerry lived there. Yeah, that was the person. Okay. Isn't he related to Heinz Ketchup? I don't know. I think there's something with that. I think he married the Heinz heir. <laughs> really? I could have made that up. I, huh. uh, I'll Google that as I continue telling you guys about um, the fact that Chris became a stay-at-home dad and obviously wanted to start to find uh, rich people to live, or rich people to hang out with. Oh! Teresa Heinz is married to John Kerry. Yeah. Hey, good there we job. Go. Shout out. I love me some ketchup. And mustard. Heinz has everything. <laughs> and also they have a house on this fucking street. Um, he would invite, this is the kind of funniest crazy thing. He would invite people to lunch, but then make them pay for the entire lunch. Literally like when you invite your friends on a trip and then afterwards you're like, hey, um, actually could everybody Venmo me? Or you're $800. like, no, 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 come out. It's my tree. Don't worry about it. And then you hit them with the Venmo afterwards. Like he would do that. That 11.15 a.m. Sunday Venmo, yeah, it hits. So rude. He would also made his daughter, oh yeah, so he made his daughter use his wife's maiden name in school to avoid reverse discrimination. Because you know, you, know, you know how reverse discrimination, that famous term, and, and you know the Rockefellers yes. really have an uphill battle uh, of being, <laughs> it's hard out there to be a Rockefeller, guys. Yeah, they're facing so many obstacles. That is the major takeaway to take away from this episode. If you see a Rockefeller on the street, just be like, I'm thinking of you. I know, give them some money, they need it. They, they really do. Uh, the parents started to fight about how to raise, discipline their daughter. Uh, Sandra kind of was like at her wits end. Fine a fucking lay. Uh, she went on a business trip, and when she was away, hit him with divorce papers, which was an extremely contentious divorce. He was living with a friend a few blocks away, but I feel like as we all now realize from this, when Sandra cut him off, he was financially cut off mm-hmm. from all of his money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, he had no money. Nothing. He just had her money. It was all a facade. Yeah. Uh, So he asked people to buy back the antique cars they sold him. Why are you buying antique cars to begin with? That's something I do not. I never get. He even tried to sell some of his art. And as a final indignity, he had to resign from the Algonquin Club, guys. So sad. He couldn't go to his club anymore. He told friends that his wife has bled him of his riches. Also, wasn't his art, like, all fake? Yeah. But I think after Martha gave him some art on being rich, maybe that stuff, but... Oh, got it. Uh, once the divorce was underway, her father, William Boss, decided to investigate his son-in-law for the first time fucking ever. Like, come on! Since he and other members of the family had come to suspect that Clark was either siphoning off money from Sandra or hiding Rockefeller money from her. This is what I love. I feel like the main reason I started Googling because in the divorce, they probably were like, he wants some Rockefeller money. Yep. And then <laughs> they were like, oh, up, up. turns out we got scammed. Um, this is like this part. I guess it, this really shows it was not a scam that happened in the aughts or present day because they went on Wikipedia <laughs> for the first time in this entire thing oh, to check this out new website Wikipedia to check out Rockefeller's late mother Anne Carter, the former child star who he said died in a car wreck, and also shout out to Anne and her illustrious career. <laughs> she, she, she was very much alive. How? Yeah. How did? Nobody like, knew that. No one think? Even to be like, oh, like uh, Turner Classic Movies isn't running like a an Anne in memoriam. Yeah, marathon, uh, n- nothing. And it's like the, she was still breathing. Like what? Like she, 
I can't believe nobody fact-checked that. I know. The deeper Boss dug, the more inconsistencies he found, and he reported them all to Sandra. Finally, she saw the light. If Clark would lie about his mother, what else has he lied about? Everything. Spoiler. Honey, Mm. everything. She hired a private investigator to find out who her husband really was. And from that point forward, Rockefeller, unwilling to risk expose of his past and produce any documentation about anything, never stood a chance. So Sandra got everything in the divorce. He gave up all- Good. It was all hers to begin with. Like, fuck this guy. (laughs) Yeah, no, truly. And major, even more annoyance. Like, So he gave up sole custody of the kid. In return, he got 800 grand from her. And there'd be no due diligence. So that means they- had to close the case, and there was no investigation to his true identity. I mean, they basically just paid him off. I mean... Yeah, and honestly, the smart thing to do, because, like, they just... Like, girl, yeah. 800 cat. you've been buying million-dollar houses left and right, you got to still custody of the kid, just move the fuck on. Exactly, and she was allowed to uh, move to London, and he had, like, three supervised visits a year. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, it's a good deal for him, you know? He gets money, and he doesn't have to risk I don't know, anything further coming from what they'd find out about him. And also, I think we can all agree, 800K, he could have just been like, you know what, jig is up. I have so much money now, I can just like start to live a normal life. I know, he could have like invested it or something, I don't know. In computers. (laughs) Yeah. But no, so now he is going by Chip Smith and honestly apt because- There's chips in his foundation. Exactly. Starting a chip for real. (laughs) After the divorce, he tried and, and kind of failed to redo the old cons. Didn't really work. But he also, like, really, he loved his daughter and, like, really hated that he gave up custody. Mm-hmm. Um, and so on July 27, 2008, when he was having one of his supervised visits, he literally <sighs> snatched his daughter off the street in Boston. And he, like, pushed the social worker and grabbed the kid and, like, ran off into this van. And actually, the social worker, like, sheesh, these people don't get paid enough. Because Not at all. They He actually held onto the car and was dragged, like, a couple of yards before finally falling off. And I'm like, wow, this is someone who gets paid, like, nothing. So, shouts out. And he had this, like, entire plan where, like, he... The he got like a van to t- or like a limo, I don't remember, like a car to take him a couple blocks. Then he got in a taxi. Then he got his friend with like a white Beamer, or like a Lexus or some expensive car to drive him to New York. And it was like this whole this whole plan. Uh, yeah, no, a lot of a lot of moving parts in the plan. Yes, a lot of moving parts. Thought he really thought it through. Um, and. So later that night, a warrant charged him with custodial kidnapping, assault and battery, and assault with a deadly weapon. Oh, which was the SUV. Okay, so it was an SUV um, that he got into. So wow, I didn't know SUV stood for sport utility vehicle until this either. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was like, okay. I thought it was special unit victims. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So then a week later on August 2nd, um, he was found in Baltimore where he'd bought an apartment for $450,000 under his name, new name, Chip Smith. And it was because they blasted his picture all over the news, and mm-hmm. this realtor in Baltimore was like, wait a second. Oh. Yeah, so shouts out uh, to that realtor for snitching, I guess. Um, oh, shout, yeah, snitches don't need to get stitches sometimes. I'm also like, if you're on the run, why are you buying property, sir? Like, you <laughs> should be renting. Wait. Short you should stay, be Airbnb-ing. motels. Yeah, I yeah, say, like, yeah. You should not be buying property. Um, so they were able to get him out of the apartment with the help of a local marina where he had a boat, but it was like this fucking rickety ass boat. Like it was not a he nice boat. He was not boat. yachting. Yeah, no, 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 no it was no, no, not. No, no, I was no, like, no, no, no. how did he manage to buy a boat? And like, he was only gone for a couple of days. I know. He has an issue with spending money. Yeah, 800K. He's 450 for a house and the boat probably cost something. Yeah. So they got the guy at the marina to call him um, to say that the boat was taking on water because they wanted to arrest Cl- whatever this guy's name is at this point. Chip, Chip. Ma- yeah, Chip they Ahoy, wanted to, well, Milano, we Cookie. Chris? Whatever. Yeah. They wanted to arrest him outside the house because they just like didn't want anything to go awry with, with the, the daughter. daughter. Yeah. So 
he's like, oh, I'll be right out. I'll be right out. So he like rushes out of the house um, and they apprehend him. And he was identified on August 15th as 2008 as our boy Chris Gerhardt's writer. Because they got his fingerprints and they matched it to his immigration paperwork from the 80s. So then on September 3rd, 2008, he was charged with furnishing a false name to law enforcement officer following an arrest. I didn't even know that was illegal. I, I didn't either. That's good to know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. So he was held without bail on February 13th, 2008. They tried to use an insanity defense and like, come on. I, yeah. No, 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 no. Come on. Accept responsibility for your actions. Like, this is like a 30-year con. Like, no, truly. So during the trial, which was conducted in Boston in mid-2009, Gerhardt's writer's defense team told jurors that he believed his daughter had communicated with him telepathically from London, where she and Sandra moved after the divorce, begging him to rescue her. Like, shut the fuck up. Truly. And also a good thing, they also um, were able to confirm his identity, because I just looked this up too. Um, his younger brother was like, oh, yeah, that is him. Because they went to the Bavarian Alps to like find his Jeez. brother. And it's like, yeah, the last time I saw him was 20 years ago. Jeez. So, yeah, obviously the jury didn't buy this, and I don't blame them. This is completely ridiculous. Um, and on June 12th, he was convicted of kidnapping his daughter, one count of assault and battery with a dangerous weapon. He was acquitted on a second assault charge, um, as well as for giving a false name to the police. He got a lot Fine. of shit on him. Yeah, um, he got four to five years in state prison and a concurrent two to three on assaults. So he would have gotten off easy, but 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 then he had to face the consequences of his actions. Um, <laughs> which is a spoiler alert to him. I feel yes. So then on March fifteenth, two thousand eleven, he was charged with the murder of Jonathan Sohis. Um, the trial was held in March, and in April he was convicted of first degree murder. Um, so short trial. Mm-hmm. There we go. People just, I feel people just knew his number. Well, what's interesting is that, so the evidence was obviously largely circumstantial, like it had been so long. Um, and I don't think they ever found Linda's body. I think it was just John's. No. Yeah. So it is circumstantial, but the jurors were mostly convinced by two pieces of evidence. So there was two plastic book bags found, uh, buried with John's remains and one was from the University of Wisconsin. Holy shit. Shut out. Where why would he if, bury that? I guess to hide it, yeah. I don't know. Where, If you'll recall, he attended, Gert Hart's writer, attended classes there uh, between 1979 and 1982, and another bag from the University of South Carolina, where he sat in on some film classes, maybe. Alfred Hitchcock. <laughs> yeah. And jurors also heard that uh, Christian had taken John's pickup truck following the murder. So that's kind of all you need to know. I know. Sort of, there's how, there's those two schools. I'm sure there have been overlap, but the, it, at the house he lived, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, that's, that would be convince me. That's all I need to know. So he was given the maximum sentence of 27 years to life with credit for one year served. After he was convicted, he fired his lawyers. No. Oh, and no, represented no, 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 himself no, 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 no. during sentencing. Oh. Never do this, kids. Never Idiot. do this. I was so, I was not, but I was like surprised he didn't even want to testify himself. But when I saw this, I was like, here we go. Of course. Every, I feel like every scammer has to have their like moment in court where they, mm-hmm. all, tr- they all try this stuff. I mean, not that's what they do it all for. Yeah. So he maintained his innocence during sentencing and said, quote, I want to assert my innocence in that I firmly believe that the victim's wife killed the victim. But be that as it may, once again, I did not commit the crime of which I stand accused, end quote. I don't think you sure. should be throwing around the phrase, be that as it may. Yeah. Like, in sentencing. He, yeah. So, so come on. Um, yeah. The judge was like, No. Um, his sentence was reduced on appeal in 2015. He got a whopping one year off of the sentence. So now he's 26 to life. Great. Um, with good time credits, he will be eligible for parole in December 2029. Mm -hmm. He'll be 68 years old. A parole hearing is scheduled for November 2028. Something tells me he will be not released. That's what I think, too. Yeah, I feel... 
I feel that's kind of as a cut and dry of what is going to go down with him. Yeah. I mean, if he's going to maintain the same attitude, then I don't really see him getting getting paroled. No. Not at all. But what? A trip around literally the continental U.S. Yeah. This man's story was. Just wild. Uh, yeah. I feel it was a good one to end the year and start the year with. Because it is like, because, you know, aspirate. He want, this all started because he wanted the American dream. You all and have your resolutions you want to do. Me. He <laughs> Yeah, new name, new me. So this just goes to show people. When you're writing in your journal that you bought that you'll probably lose in the beginning of February for your new beginnings, do it legally and just keep your name. If you get a scam, just use different email addresses to sign up for SoulCycle classes or Starbucks gift cards as new members. You know what I mean? The light stuff. If that is illegal, I am, of course, joking. Uh, but you know what I mean? Just kind of on the, uh, on the more cough stuff. I mean, I love a personal rebrand. Like, I'm down for it. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't even have any pro- – honestly, until, like, well – of course, if he hadn't murdered anybody, which is that. absurd, but if he had just been like, you know, hobnobbing with uh, like, what is it, golf, private club golf, ladies yeah. and getting some free lunches, whatever. He like that's. He, he could have been Lucia on White Lotus and I'm like, I love her. <laughs> and she's an icon. You could have just done like scams where it's no one gets hurt and you don't fuck up like a family. Yeah. Well, alas. So we'll, we'll see what happens in 2028 with him. Oh, my gosh. Me setting a reminder on my phone. Tr- truly. But more importantly, we have to see what happened in 2022 to recap because we had the trivia, our predictions. Oh, my God. I don't have faith in my predictions at all. I don't either. I don't either. So we have to see if Jorge can let us know just how wrong we were. Happy New Year, everybody. It is 2023. What a year it's going to be. It's shaping up to be. And since it is the new year, I believe it is time to check in with our psychic predictions about the year 2022 and see which ones you got right and which ones you got wrong. Oh, God. I like can't even remember anything that happened in 2022, so I'm worried about how far off I was. I, I don't have faith in myself at all. <laughs> Do you guys remember any of these? I think it was one Kim and Pete. Yeah. That one, that's, that was one of your guesses. Oh, what? Celebrity breakup was one? Yes. Or a celebrity to, uh, let's start with that one. Who is the next celebrity couple to get engaged was the question. Danny, your answer was Lizzo and Mike Wright. Who? Which was incorrect. (laughs) Well. And Sarah, your answer was Kim and Pete. Which is also, unfortunately, I don't think I knew Lizzo was dating anybody. She is dating someone, and I think she is still dating him. So, is it a man from the Minnesota Vikings? No, (laughs) they're still dating. And recently, I think a news story came out saying like they were going to spend the rest of their lives together, but it wasn't quite an engagement. So, Mm. Danny, you were close. Okay, but wow, no, Lizzo. But she's ready to be loved. Yeah, am I ready? Yeah, Uh, I love Lizzo. What a a great person. She's so good and fun. Great music, and I love how she advocates for veganism. Even though I'm do eat dairy as a vegetarian, I do. She makes it. She she's a good. She shouts out. That's true. Good spokesperson. All right. Well, next up, let's keep it with the music artists. Uh, The question was: Will Beyonce release Mm. a new album this year? (laughs) And you both answered no. So and then she did a like a week later. Zero. <laughs> yeah, literally a week like later. Literally <laughs> the weekend after we recorded this episode. <laughs> okay, Which, but Bayhive, hey. there's no visuals. And Beyonce hasn't talked about it since. So did she release it? That's actually true. It was like so... Like she's doing like beyond a surprise album. It's like a secret album now. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, I gotta one up my own auntie. It's a great album, though. So, of course, yeah, of course, good for but her. It's and good so for good. us that we got to listen to it. When you're Beyonce, don't you don't have to talk about your music. You just put it out there, and you're like, "Here no. you go," and then you walk away. And that is an album. I feel some people weren't sold on it, and I do not understand why because it's so good. If you hear it out, the power it has on you, it is. It is like, of course, it's like a dance album. It's like made for right. a dance floor. It's so good, mm. and I think that's maybe why people aren't as 
high on it because if you listen to it like sitting at your desk at work, it doesn't really. Yeah. It's not the right environment for it. It's not the right ambiance. <laughs> you need to but be out. It needs to be heated. At, yeah, heated at one thirty a.m. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh God. Certified club banger. God, there's like club renaissances popping up, and I don't know if there's Beyonce things or not. Oh, yeah. But I saw people going to them, and I'm like, I, Kay went to it, I think. Yes, I oh. saw it in L.A., but I don't know if they have it in New York. I want to go to one. <laughs> Me too. I want to go to there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up, which country will win the 2022 FIFA World Cup Oof. in Qatar? I don't even know what I picked because I don't know no a single way fucking. That I was right. No, Sarah, you picked Italy. Um, they didn't even qualify for the World Cup, unfortunately. <laughs> so... How did that happen? They won like not that long ago. Yeah, it was a big upset, but um, yeah, they didn't even qualify. They didn't even make it to Qatar, so that was wrong. <laughs> Danny, your team did make it to the World Cup. You guessed Spain, but unfortunately, okay. they got eliminated by Morocco. Uh... So. Another okay. uh, question with zero points. Wow, uh, zero for this is three. not a good game for us. Okay, <laughs> we are not. This is this is okay. We are not. Call me Miss Cleo. <laughs> <laughs> no, we are uh, not. Did you guys watch the World Cup final? We're recording no. on Monday, so this was yesterday. I do know Nothing? who won, but no, I, I know did not who won. Watch it. I heard people shouting in my apartment, and I was like, "Oh, I guess it ended." <laughs> <laughs> I was Argentina excited. Argentina won. won. Yes, uh, it was a great game. Great final. Said you guys missed it. And uh, Messi's first World Cup. Oh. So he was very, very happy about that. It's his first one? Yeah. He's Has never, he been playing soccer forever? Yeah. It was, this is probably his last World Cup. And it was the one thing that had like eluded him his entire career. So. That he'd never like, played in the World Cup? No, he's played in the World Cup. He's never, he's never won. Just never won. Got it. Okay. Yeah. And he's considered to be one of the best, if not the best player of all time. So. This kind of cements his legacy as really kind of one of the all-time oh, greats. Oh, love that for him. Yay. Cup. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. Good for him. Good for him. Messi, if you're listening, we're proud of you. Oh, my God. Shout out. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Next up, another celebrity couple question. Will Ben Affleck and J-Lo finish the year together? Danny, you said yes. Okay. So you get a point. Well done. Sarah, <laughs> you said no, unfortunately. <laughs> oh. So... <laughs> Danny, uh, you're on the board. First point, okay. first point of the psychic Ooh. predictions. Sarah, you overestimated the energy of someone who <laughs> runs on Duncan and Miller Highlight, and you underestimated the power of, I think, JLo's a Virgo. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. All right, moving right along. Uh, the next question. Oh, she's a Leo, of course. I know. Finally, find the Zodiac Killer. Danny, you were very hopeful for this. You said yes. Uh, Sarah, you were a little bit more realistic. You said no. So, Ooh. Sarah, you have equaled the points okay. tally here with it's one to one on the psychic predictions. Yeah, I don't think we'll ever know. I think it's time to stop hoping. Is there any like DNA we can test? Because like, if not, right. I, I don't think it's because I think that person has probably died. Yeah, at this point, it's been so long. That's true, but they fi- but they figured out the the boy in the box. I feel they have to figure out this. <laughs> That's true. They did it through genealogy testing. So if there's DNA, then yeah, they could do it. But if there twenty three any- moi. yeah. <laughs> hey, let's move this prediction right to twenty twenty three. Maybe twenty twenty three is the okay. year for the Zodiac Killer. <laughs> there we go. There we go. There we go. <laughs> All right. Next up. This was a cryptocurrency question. Will Bitcoin finish the year higher or lower than what it is right now? Ooh. At the point of asking, the uh, Bitcoin was selling at three, at thirty thousand one hundred forty-two dollars. What? Huh? You both guessed lower, and that is correct. Yeah, I mean, um, we could not have like predicted that FTX now? shit. Yeah, but <laughs> it's not zero, but it is. I think around. 18,000 or something. There's been a huge crypto. Still um, way too much for me to afford. So, yeah. Like, is crypto, yeah, crypto over now? Here. Like, what is happening? I don't know. Um, the market as a whole has seen, yeah, it's 16,000 right now. So, it's way, it's less than half. It's, a, it's about half of what it was when we uh, did this prediction. Um, the NFT market is 
down 90% or something. I mean, we uh, always knew that shit was that a scam. <laughs> Trump decided to sell NFT, NFTs literally this week. So I, I saw yeah, power to him. So cringe. <laughs> so cringe. God. It's also come out that a lot of those images, they're obviously photoshopped, but they stole the stock images that they were based on. Oh, of and course. And there's even watermarks in some of them. Oh my they, god. Like, Wait, that's Trump's NFTs. I images. thought that was like the Lensa app. Oh. It's it's both. Uh, I think it's both. <laughs> of course. Lord, god, god bless. Okay, here we are. <laughs> Uh, the NFT thing is also fascinating. I feel like we should cover it at some point. <laughs> it is. We were trying to make sense of we it. Might, and we we were might need like, an expert to come. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah, or just like we'll a finance we'll pro to mansplain. <laughs> they would talk. It'd be an eight hour long miniseries. <laughs> We'd have to. And also who's going to who's who's paying for their <laughs> to get the energy to do that. No shade to finance bros. We just I've been to bars in Murray Hill. <laughs> It is. It was such an amazing grift, and information is still coming out. So maybe in twenty twenty three, we'll get we'll get an expert on the yeah. pod to walk us through. It. I don't understand any literally any of the words. <laughs> it's it's fascinating. It's such an amazing grift. A, a ten billion dollar grift. We should have Paracillin on because it's our whole thing to just explain it to us. Yeah, there, there you go. You should get Larry David. Yeah, because isn't he in like getting sued? <laughs> yes. He's getting I, sued for the mm-hmm. for the FTX. It was either Coinbase or maybe it was FTX. It was FTX. That, yeah, this Larry. is the commercial that Larry okay, David was Okay, Larry's in defense, and I will gladly be his in lawyer. His defense, he has none. In his defense, his whole role in the commercial was him not getting into FTX. That's true. That was the whole commercial. So, like. That's true. I feel like he should be good. Oh, Larry. <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't know. Okay, and the last prediction was, will it rain for my wedding? Oh. <laughs> Which was in two weeks at the time of recording. Oh, yeah! Uh, you both said no, uh, but Danny qualified his answer with drizzle on Friday, no Saturday, which is exactly what happened. What? But, but Sarah, I'll still, I'll still give you the point. I'll okay, the point. but still, okay. I mean, good Wait, job, Danny. Bye. Danny's Whoa. a weatherman. Okay. Danny's Miss Cleo. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it was clear as day on oh. Saturday. Thank you for predicting the right thing. Woo. It, Yay. Yeah, um, so, it was, it was so magical. Yay. Um, so at the end of these second predictions, you each got three points. So oh, this won't change the final tally. Uh-oh. So you both managed to equalize there. Equalizer. And at the <sighs> end of this, I am excited to announce that the winner of the 20, 20, Two, true crime championship is Danny Murphy. Congratulations! Ow. Oh my god, I did not expect that. It was a hard-fought <laughs> battle. It ended up being twelve points for Sarah and fifteen for Danny. Oh, okay, that's man, cl- that's close. So very that close. Is close. The lead kept changing throughout the year. So the very Vatican well was fought. involved. Yeah, <laughs> we had a fact check. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think what really put me over that was the Thanksgiving question where I put turkey as a hated oh my god that was so That's smart yeah. that yeah that is oh my god wow but I am on I am it was it was a fair battle it was a good it was a good battle we did some hard ones like when Jorge asked us all about science fiction movies oh god <laughs> that was like the, the hardest one of the year was the so most painful oh thing. my god I was like, I couldn't even make up an answer because I don't know a single person. I just start listing <laughs> NFTs accidentally. Uh, well, I'm excited to us, for us to keep the 2023 trivia challenge going because yes. right, I feel like you could see, you could see, you could see, you could, you could try, you could try to take it from me. I mean, I I, sh- I will do my best. <laughs> and I'm ready for my comeback. Yes, and I mean, also, you won the last trivia we did at the last live show. It's true. So it's true. this February. You might beat me once more. We'll see what happens. So join us there at Union Hall, February 16th. Tickets at the link in bio at Not Another True Crime on Instagram. Follow us there. We do trivia. We do memes, whatever. We do it all. <laughs> Not really, but you guys know what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, you, you can also join the Facebook group, Not Another True Crime group. It always grows. It's always a fun time. That's also where a lot of breaking stuff people all talk about. 
uh, cases that are developing that we can't cover here because it's like we need all the dust to settle, but we talk it out over there. And we also get uh, episode ideas there. And you can follow me on Instagram at Cashmere Danny, Cashmere with a K. You can follow me at Sarah Lameem. Thanks for listening, as always. I mean, we really appreciate you all so much. Um, please leave us five stars wherever you're listening yes. if you've been enjoying us. And and that's it. Uh, we are already seeing you in 2023. So, yeah. <laughs> Yay! Not Another True Crime Podcast is produced by Jorge Morales Pico and Sean Kilby. Our hosts are Sarah Levine and Danny Murphy. Editing by Jorge Morales Pico. Social media by Sarah Levine. Be sure to follow at NATC Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And send us your emails to NATC at Betches.com. Betches.